Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, August 1st, 2019. First, the housekeeping. Uh, there is no vid chat tomorrow. That will be a week from tomorrow on uh, Friday, August 8th. So mark your calendars. I believe that's the late vid chat. It's starting at 7, but check the schedule on the website. But anyway, I want to get right into it because I have refrained from talking very much publicly about the whole Jeffrey Epstein case. Uh, I have commented on the website by assembling a bunch of articles and videos that other people have done about this case, but there's something that appeared just yesterday in the New York Times. It was also replicated or excerpted a bit on Zero Hedge. I'm going to put both of those links up for you, the Zero Hedge article being kind of a condensation for those of you who don't have access to the New York Times. But the New York Times article, it's by James Stewart, Matthew Goldstein, and Jessica Silver Greenberg. And it's quite an interesting article and uh, very arresting. And I want to add some of my own high-octane speculations to what the article contains. But it's really what the article says that is really... It brings me up short, and I suspect it will bring many of you up short as well. So I want to read uh, several paragraphs from this article, mostly toward the beginning of the article, and then a few uh, paragraphs toward the end. And I think you'll catch what caught my attention about this article right away. So here we go. Quote, Over the years, Jeffrey E. Epstein surrounded himself with many prominent scientists including several affiliated with Harvard. Jeffrey Wet Epstein, the wealthy financier who was accused of sex trafficking, had an unusual dream. He hoped to seed the human race with his DNA by impregnating women at his vast New Mexico ranch. Mr. Epstein, over the years, confided to scientists and others about his scheme, according to four people familiar with his thinking, although there is no evidence it ever came to fruition. Mr. Epstein's vision reflected his long-standing fascination with what has become known as transhumanism, the science of improving the human population through technologies like genetic engineering and artificial intelligence. Critics have likened transhumanism to a modern-day version of eugenics, the discredited field of improving the human race through controlled breeding. And it's that fascination and mention of transhumanism, of course, that caught my eye. And uh, Amazing Polly has noticed this as well in some of her videos. And, of course, uh, Dr. Scott DeHart and I did a book on transhumanism uh, a few years ago. So Epstein's involvement with the scientists that has come out apparently is related to his transhumanist interest. And we're going to get back to that in my high-octane speculation here in a minute. But I want to skip several paragraphs now and read a few more paragraphs. And there's a name here that for those of you who follow physics closely will uh, be interesting to you because, indeed, Mr. Epstein apparently had connections to a lot of people in theoretical physics. Mr. Epstein attracted a glittering array of prominent scientists. They included 
the Nobel Prize winning physicist Murray Gell-Mann. And if you don't know who Murray Gell-Mann is, he's the physicist that came up with quark theory in quantum mechanics. The theoretical physicist and best-selling author Stephen Hawking, the paleontologist and evolutionary biologist Stephen Jay Gould, who recently passed away, Oliver Sacks, the neurologist and best-selling author, George M. Church, a molecular engineer who has worked to identify genes that could be altered to create superior humans. And the MIT theoretical physicist Frank Wilczek, a Nobel laureate. The lure for some of the scientists was Mr. Epstein's money. He dangled financing for their pet projects. Some of the scientists said that the prospect of financing blinded them to the seriousness of his sexual transgressions and even led them to give credence to some of Mr. Epstein's half-baked scientific musings. Now I'm going to skip uh, a few paragraphs here. The Harvard cognitive psychologist Steven Pinker said that he was invited by colleagues, including Martin Nowak, a Harvard professor of mathematics and biology, and the theoretical physicist Lawrence Krauss. Now, Nowak is one of the scientists that Amazing Polly has connected definitely to Epstein because apparently Epstein donated some money to Nowak to do some research. Uh, and if you don't know about that connection, I would urge you to look at her videos uh, where she details a lot of these connections, particularly to Nowak. Anyway, to continue, the theoretical physicist Lawrence Krauss and to salons and coffee clatches at which Mr. Epstein would hold court. While some of Mr. Pinker's peers hailed Mr. Epstein as brilliant, Mr. Pinker described him as an intellectual imposter. Quote, he would quickly change the subject ADD style, dismiss an observation with an adolescent wisecrack, unquote, Mr. Pinker said, skipping several paragraphs again. Quote, on multiple occasions, starting in, two, in the early 2000s, Mr. Epstein told scientists and businessmen about his ambitions to use his New Mexico ranch as a base where women would be inseminated with his sperm and would give birth to his babies, according to two award-winning scientists and an advisor to large companies and wealthy individuals, all of whom Mr. Epstein told about it. It was not a secret. The advisor, for example, said he was told about the plans not only by Mr. Epstein at a gathering at his Manhattan townhouse, but also by at least one prominent member of the business community. One of the scientists said Mr. Epstein divulged his idea in 2001 at a dinner at the same townhouse. The other recalled Mr. Epstein discussing it with him at a 2006 conference that he hosted in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. The idea struck all three as far-fetched and disturbing. There's no indication that it would have been used, that it would have been against the law. Let me read that again. There's no indication that it would have been against the law. Once at a dinner Mr. Epstein's, at Mr. Epstein's mansion on Manhattan's Upper East Side, Mr. Lanier said he talked to a scientist who told him that Mr. Epstein's goal was to have 20 women at a time impregnated at his 33,000-square-foot Zorro Ranch in a tiny town outside Santa Fe. Mr. Lanier said the scientist identified herself as working at NASA, but he did not remember her name. 
According to Mr. Lanier, the NASA scientist said Mr. Epstein had based his idea for a baby ranch on accounts of the repository for germinal, pardon me, germinal choice, which was to be stocked with the sperm of Nobel laureates who wanted to strengthen the human gene pool. Only one Nobel Prize winner has acknowledged contributing sperm to it. The repository discontinued operations in 1999. Now I'm going to skip just a couple more paragraphs here. In 2011, a charity established by Mr. Epstein gave $20,000 to the Worldwide Transhumanist Association, which now operates under the name Humanity Plus. The group's website said that its goal is to, quote, deeply influence a new generation of thinkers who dare to envision humanity's next steps, unquote. Mr. Epstein's foundation, which is now defunct, also gave $100,000 to pay the salary of Ben Gertzel, vice chairman of Humanity Plus, according to Mr. Gertzel's resume. And let me go now to the final few paragraphs I want to cite toward the end of the article. In 2004, Mr. Brockman hosted a dinner at the Indian Summer Restaurant in Monterey, California, where Mr. Epstein was introduced to scientists, including Seth Lloyd, the MIT physicist. Mr. Lloyd said that he found Mr. Epstein to be charming and to have interesting ideas, although they turned out to be quite vague. Also at the Indian Summer Dinner, according to an account on the website of Mr. Brockman's Edge Foundation, where the Google founders Sergey Brin and Larry Page and Jeff Bezos, who was accompanied by his mother. All the good-looking women were sitting at the physicist's table. Daniel Dubno, who was a CBS producer at the time and attended to the dinner, was quoted as saying. Mr. Dubno told the Times that he did not recall the dinner or having said those words, unquote. So what do we have? Now, I've commented publicly, I've even blogged on a couple of occasions about these human trafficking networks. And if you recall, these stories began to break with two very different stories, the Jimmy Savile scandal in Great Britain, which as that story broke, turned out to reach all the way back to the uh, premiership of Edward Heath back in the 1970s, who apparently it's never been quite proven, but it's most probable that he was part of the Savile network. And then the Franklin scandal in the 1980s, all right, with the administration of uh, G.H.W. Bush, the, uh, the Omaha, Nebraska savings and loan that was being uh, owned by a man that was part of a network that was engaged in pedophilia, human trafficking, and so on all over the country, all right, according to the victims' statements that were involved in that network. Then you had the Penn State scandal, which broke much later um, with Coach Joe Paterno and so on. Now, I've, I've mentioned all of these things because it's always been my opinion that these incidents are really kind of tips of the same iceberg. They're, they're like independent peaks on the same chunk of ice that are peaking up above the waterline, and they look unrelated, but I don't think they are. And I think the Epstein case here is very interesting because, first of all, it looks to me, if we're to find some sort of motivation for this, at least in terms of personal motivation, it looks to me like these people are in kind of a 
state of rationalization where they have a kind of eschatological view of the end of humanity. And in order to accomplish that view or to stave off the apocalypse, depending on which one you talk about, they are willing to suspend any sort of adherence to traditional morality in order to accomplish the goal that they, I think, rationalize to themselves that they're going to save humanity. And this is why the transhumanism aspect of this article so intrigued me, because if you are looking at a global network, as I believe we are, of human trafficking, sex slaves, and so on and so forth, with a clear eugenics agenda that uh, this article uh, brings out, and kudos to the New York Times for bringing this aspect of it out, because I think it's part of the agenda. But it, it occurs to me, and this is the high-octane speculation part of this, that the Epstein case has all the requisite data points for operating a network like that. Number one, there's a lot of money involved, which he certainly has. Number two, it's clear from, from looking at Epstein himself that he's plugged into so many different places of power around the world, science, politicians, and so on and so forth, that this is exactly what you would need for a network like this to function properly. So in other words, we're, we're dealing with a worldwide network, but what's the purpose of the network? And this is where my hypothesis is going to go right out to the end of the twig of high-octane speculation, but uh, it's based on what the New York Times article is saying, and that's his fascination with transhumanism. Let's assume that he's running a network not simply for the purpose of gathering control files on powerful people, rich people, science uh, researchers at the top of their field, and so on, which has been more or less the standard view of what Epstein was about. But let's add to that another component. Perhaps what he is doing is coming up, and I hate to, I hate to be so crude about it, but coming up with the raw material, namely the human beings, that a covert project in eugenics and transhumanism would need. Uh, and this is the part I find very, very disturbing about it. But in other words, if you're going to do a global research project to bring about Kurzweil, you know, the, the famous transhumanist's idea of the singularity, the genetically uh, improved human being, the human being that is integrated with computers and so on, at some point, at some point, in order to achieve those goals, you have to be able to do experimentation on human beings. And we may be looking here with Epstein, and again, this is all high-octane speculation. There's not a shred of evidence, but I'm kind of speculating here a bit on the types of individuals that the New York Times article mentions and this new, uh, to me, unknown interest that Epstein had in transhumanism. It looks to me like this global human trafficking network may not only be for the purpose of creating control files on politicians, but also for the purpose of quite literally 
kidnapping people and using them against their will in what probably are some rather grisly experiments to achieve this transhumanist singularity. Now, if that's the case, then that has an implication for something else. Um, some people out there, myself, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz, and so on, have speculated that what the Epstein case may be is rolling up that control file network because the overhead to maintain it is too costly. They've now replaced uh, this need for that kind of network with a global surveillance state. So therefore, you don't need networks like Jeffrey Epstein anymore. And that's, you know, that's one way to look at it. And I think it's possible. But if you factor in now my speculation that perhaps this network was not simply human trafficking and involved in pedophilia and, you know, sex slavery and the whole nine crude, brutal yards, but if it was also involved in procuring human beings for the purpose of covert and very secretive experimentation with transhumanist goals, then that network you would not want to roll up just yet. And that's that's a, a bad implication of some of my speculation. But anyway, there's, there is, in my opinion, there's much more to this story that's lying beneath the surface that we have uh, barely begun to see. But I do want to give some kudos to the New York Times for bringing out this aspect of the story, because to me, I, I found this uh, stunning, but not surprising. Let's put it that way. All right, that's it for today's news and views, folks. I hope my high-octane speculations here about the Epstein affair weren't too gruesome for most people, but uh, I do think that they had to be mentioned. Again, remember, the vid chat is not tomorrow. It will be a week from tomorrow uh, on Friday, August the 8th. So anyway, I hope to see everybody there. Bye-bye. Um, we'll see you on the flip side, and God bless.